Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, over the past two weeks, we've been in a series entitled Irresistible. And this entire series has been about uh, the early church. We've done a deep dive uh, into what the church looked like and and how it spread into the rest of the parts of the world. And um, simply put, we've been discussing what made the early church irresistible. Now, something you know, know about me is uh, over the past 18 months, year, about a year and a half, I have been working out. I started working out for the first time in my entire life. Now, you may be thinking, oh, geez, here he goes. He's going to start bragging about what he can do, how much he can lift, etc., etc., etc. And you are so very wrong. I'm not going to do that. If you were to see me during a workout, you would see a 30-year-old, lanky man, goofy man, flailing around the room, covered in blood, sweat, and tears. Well, maybe just the sweat and tears, and definitely heavy on the tears. I mean, my goal in every workout is, please do not throw up. Please do not throw up. So what does my workout routine have to do with the early church? Why am I telling you this right now? Well, after 18 months, of working out, I am irresistible. I'm only kidding. I'm definitely not irresistible. After 18 months of working out, I have seen a connection between the early church and those who exercise. Those who exercise. There are actually a lot of similarities between people who are committed to fitness and the early church. I think about my friends, uh, Jason and Kelly, who are so committed to running these Ironman races and triathlons, that they train in the rain, the sun, the snow, whatever it may be. They are out there day in and day out because they are committed. They are committed. They're probably running right now. Regardless of what time you're watching this, morning, day, or night, they're probably running, swimming, or biking right now. The people of the early church, they were committed to the mission of Jesus. I think about my friend and neighbor, Tom. He is a machine when it comes to working out. I mean, every weekend he sends me an invite to his garage gym where he watches me almost die for an hour. Tom is committed to bringing me along in whatever he does. And just like Tom, the people of the early church were committed to bringing people along the way to whatever they were doing. I think about my own wife, Emily, how after having three kids, she began her exercise journey and almost immediately everyone around her was shocked by all the progress she made. Now that progress not only inspired her to keep going, but inspired others to do the same. We look at the early church and we read accounts of all God did in and through those people. And that inspired generation after generation. So today, I want to read a a passage from Acts. And my hope is is two things. The first one is this. If you call yourself a, a Jesus follower, my hope for you is that you would be reminded 
of why you are connected to a church. And the second hope is this. If you're still trying to figure out this Jesus thing, and let me, let me just say, I'm so glad that you're watching this. You can kick the tires as long as you want to here at Love Lake Norman and call this place home. And we are so glad you are here. But if that's you, I want to show you a glimpse of some of the reasons why we meet every week and why the early church saw it necessary to do the same. And then I want to give you an opportunity to take a step into that. So I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2. Verses 42, it says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I want to highlight three things from this passage. Three things that made this church Irresistible. There's many things that happen, but I want to highlight three action items that we see here that we can take with us. And the first thing is this. These people were unified. In, in verse 44, it says, All who believed were together and had all things in common. Now, as I was reading this, this past couple of weeks about this, some argue that this was simply an early form of communism. That, that this was, in a way, uh, everyone being uh, informed together and unified together, but really was a, a form of, of communism. But we read that people had their own homes, own possessions. And so what we are left with is a common thread that everyone was connected to. Everyone can, was connected to this common thread that ran through this entire church. And that common thread was the teachings and the life of Jesus. The church's foundation was built on the solid rock that is Jesus. They would have known his teachings not because they went to Barnes and Noble and bought Bibles. They actually would have known their teachings because they probably knew eyewitnesses that saw Jesus, or at least my grandfather saw Jesus. I mean, if you're looking at a timeline, this early church would have been closer to the death of Jesus than we are to World War II. In fact, let me recommend a video for you. Gerald's sermon from Easter entitled, Why I Believe is a great resource to have as he talks about, did the resurrection happen? I mean, the early church is, is really happening right after all these events took place. These people were unified on the validity of the resurrection because just how close they were to it. My kids, for some reason, think that anytime they eat food, they deserve this huge dessert, right? They can have a snack of like popcorn or chips, and they're like, well, I finished my snack, so it's dessert time. I'm like, it doesn't really work that way, but I'll be honest, I kind of feel like I deserve a snack or a dessert anytime I eat as well. So they ask my wife if they can have candy. Mom, can we have candy? And sometimes, most of the time, she says no. So then they come to me. Now, sometimes I don't hear my wife say no. 
And so sometimes I say yes, but then my wife finds out that I said yes. And so not only do the kids get in trouble, but I get in trouble as well. My point is division between my wife and I, where it leads to problems in my home, between my kids and my spouse. And the early church knew that it would do the same for them. So they were unified. They were unified in what they believe, in what they taught, in what they did. They were unified. The second thing is this. These people were generous. The people of the early church, they were generous. In verse 45, it says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Think about the most generous person you know. Generous with time, talents, resources, finances. Don't you love being around them? And not just because, hey, maybe they'll give me some stuff. (laughs) Maybe they'll just give me some cash. No, no. Don't you love being around them because a generous person is an irresistible person. It's contagious. You just want to be around them. And the opposite is true as well. A stingy, greedy person stingy with their time, their talents, their resources, their finances. Well, they're not very fun to be around at all. The people of the early church were generous, not so they could have this massive church. Look at all we're doing No, they saw it necessary to be generous as a response to what God had done for them through Jesus. Let me be clear. It was was generous. It was never, let's be generous to receive God's love. Let's be generous to receive God's grace. Let's be generous to receive anything. It was always a response to salvation through Jesus. They, They were generous because they wanted to respond to salvation. It was always a response. The third thing, these people in the early church, they spent time together. They spent time together. In verse 46, it says, they went to temple together, breaking bread in their homes. We see these people spending time going to church together, worshiping God together, praying together, but also spending time outside of church together. Breaking bread together, which more than likely uh, meant two things potentially, to partake in uh, communion, which is to remember what Jesus did on the cross, but also eating meals together. Eating meals together. They shared their lives with each other. They saw purpose and the benefits of spending their lives with other people. They invited people into not only their church, not only to their groups, they invited people into their lives. The outsiders were offered invitations to take a step in. This is my life and I'm inviting you to be a part of it with the hope that I get to be a part of yours. You know what keeps a church from being uh, irresistible? Clicks. You know what keeps a church from being irresistible? Groups that are unwelcoming or unwilling to include others. You know what keeps the church from being irresistible? Saying things like, I don't want our church to grow too big because then I won't know everyone's name. An irresistible church isn't afraid to open the doors and let people walk in. 
In fact, they invite them in. They're not afraid of people coming in. Well, what if they don't look like me or dress like me or talk like me? No, they're not afraid of that. And in fact, they invite them in. And as he's wrapping up this chapter, we read an interesting phrase. In verse 47, it says, having favor with all the people. As if to say, because of, of what they were doing, they had favor with all people. Because they were generous, because they were unified, because they were welcoming, they shared their lives with people. They had favor with all people. Simply put, people liked these people. People around the early church who were not a part of the early church liked them. People who were not like them liked them. People who hated religion and hated religious leaders, well, they liked Jesus. And since this early church was built on Jesus, people liked the early church. Now, I'll be the first person to say that some of the most rude, annoying, judgmental, hateful people I've ever known, I knew because they went to my church. And I'll be honest, at times I have been that rude, judgmental, hateful person. Have you ever met a Christian who is kind of a jerk? Maybe you have and you thought, I can resist that. That's not irresistible at all. That's awful. I'm totally okay with walking away from them and whatever else is going on in that building because I don't want any part of it. And if that's the God that they worship, I don't want any part of him either. But that wasn't Jesus. And that wasn't the church in Acts we read about. We find this passage in John 13, 35. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Not if you go to church and you're dressed in your perfect suit and you judge those who are bad and you praise those who are good and you do all these rules and you follow these things. No, they'll know you're my disciples if you love one another. You see, the things that make this church irresistible are all under this umbrella of loving one another. You can be unified. You can be unified. But without love, it loses its meaning. You can be generous. You can give all your stuff away. But without love, it loses its value. You can be fully known. But without love, it's just not the same. What made the church so irresistible was because it was built on the good news of the gospel. It was built on the gospel, knowing that we are so loved by God that he was willing in our darkest moment, he was willing to send his son for us. Well, that... That is a foundation of an irresistible church. Building your life, my life, building a church of imperfect people, but it's built on the gospel. Well, that's what Acts did. That's what the, the church in Acts did. So for a moment, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine a place where 
where people are generous with their time and their money and their resources and their talent and they're generous with joyful hearts, not to gain anything, but because of God's goodness. Imagine a place where people are generous and kind, not to gain anything, just kind. They're welcoming. Imagine a place where people are unified on what they believe, unified on what they do. I want you to imagine a place where you can be fully known and fully loved. You can come to a place where you can be fully known and fully loved. The good, bad, and ugly parts of you can be fully known and fully loved. That right there, the place we're imagining of, this is community based on the early church. That's what community in the early church looked like. Being a part of this church looked like, and it can be our reality today. So my question for you today is this. Will you commit to being a part of this, of what we're doing right now? One of the reasons I get so excited about coming to work and one of the reasons I, I was so excited to be a part of this church is that Love Lake Norman is committed to doing the same things that this early church was doing. Now, I've only been here for a small fraction of the four years that this church has existed. And so when I walked in, I got to see with fresh eyes all this church was doing, all that God was doing in and through this church. And it excites me every single day. And I want to ask you, will you, with me, commit to being a part of this? So, what does that mean for you practically? Well, let's get super practical. It could mean a couple things. I'm going to give you a few options. I want to talk to a, a couple of different people in the room. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know, that sounds great, I don't know a lot about Jesus. He sounds like a great guy. And let me say this, I would love to encourage you to read the Gospels. Read the Gospels and get to know who Jesus really is is. Maybe you're thinking, no, 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 I've been watching this online for a few weeks or a few months or maybe throughout COVID and, and you know, I, I'm actually ready to, to take a step and, and be known. It's as simple as going to our website, lovelkn.org, and finding our connection card. It will literally take you less than two minutes to fill out. And what that does is that is you raising your hand and you saying, I'm here and I want to be known. And that excites us. Maybe for you, you've been watching online and you are ready to take a step into being physically known. You want to see someone's face and we, you want your face to be seen. And I would love to invite you to our in-person worship experience. We, we have one at 10 a.m. every Sunday and we make sure it's safe for you and for your family. But that might be a next step for you to take, to say, I'm here and I want to be known and I want to know you. Maybe for you, you're here, you're in it, and you want to be a part of community. We have crews 
that, that meet together in their homes, in their backyards, on Zoom, at restaurants. And their main purpose is for sharing life together, for breaking bread, for praying for each other, for doing life together because life was never meant to be spent alone. The, the early church got it right. And that's the same thing that we're trying to do as well. And God is working amazing things in and through people, in and through Lovelake Norman, and I'm excited to be a part of it. And I would love to invite you to be a part of it as well. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you, first of all, for sending Jesus. The fact that he lived and died um, gives us hope and gives us an opportunity to have a relationship with you. Uh, I pray for anyone hearing my voice right now that they would be bold enough to take a step into community here, to be fully known and fully loved. In your sons, let me pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.